0: You have a lot of theta, especially frontally, you end up with ADHD. That's the okay. most valid marker in the brain maps, actually. It's the ratio of theta to beta. Theta is like a gas pedal or an active frequency. So the ratio of theta to beta is 94% predictive of ADHD in brain maps.
1: Hey, high performers. Today we are talking with Dr. Andrew Hill, one of the top neuroscientists of the world, and we are chatting about brain waves. There's a few different types of brain waves, alpha, theta, delta, beta, and gamma. Now, what is the importance of this? Depending on the time of day and the activities that we're doing, and the things we're interacting with, we experience more or less of these brainwaves. And they're also sorts of states of mind. So for example, like if you're taking a shower and you're relaxed, you're probably in an alpha state of mind experiencing alpha brainwaves. And theta right before you're going to sleep or in a deep meditation, that's theta brainwaves. Delta, when you're unconscious, you're experiencing more of those. And everyday waking state of mind is generally beta state of mind. So, Dr. Andrew here talks in depth about these brain waves when they occur throughout the day and the importance of them. The importance here, you guys, as a high performer, is to know when you're experiencing these different states of mind and brain waves throughout the day because they can absolutely explode or hinder. Our productivity and performance levels, the way that we're thinking, the clarity of thought, the deep focus, all of that is associated with these different brain waves. So, if you don't understand them yet, here's a little clip to kind of get the basics of brain waves and how they're affecting us throughout the day. I'm wondering if you could just kind of briefly describe. We talk with our clients and listeners a lot about the different states of mind—beta, alpha, theta, delta, and even mm-hmm. and beyond that—in um, and gamma. And, and I'm curious, could you just give a, a brief description of all of those, and then Sure. Uh, where little, flow? Yeah, yeah, and then where flow state is, and then. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's
0: easy stuff. Yeah, that's okay, that, that's cool. that's what we do in our feedback. It's exactly right. And you, when we we educate you in this landscape too. Mm-hmm. That's the nice thing about Peak Brain is it's not so much you come in with a symptom and we do it for you. It's you come in with a goal. And you okay. want in the process of solving your goal, like, like it's like fitness people much with the, with the metaphor here is like a you know, gym bro learning. They can become huge and becoming super huge all their time working out. But that happened in neurofeedback, you get super well adjusted, incredibly well rested and have incredible flow access. And you know, because you learn, you can take control of the resources and you get a little bit crazy with it. But in terms of the brainwaves and we make all brainwaves all the time, it's important to know you don't make, you don't make one brainwave, you're making a range of frequencies. From pretty close to zero hertz or zero cycles per second, some big slow shifts that take you know, 30, 40, 50 seconds to, to, to make a change to oscillate. And there's other brain waves that are as fast as probably 1,000 hertz or okay. more. And classically, we think about brain waves in the sort of like zero through four, we call it delta, and then going up in frequency, I'll unpack these in a moment, going up in order of frequency, it's delta, theta, alpha, beta, and then gamma. And so delta is Delta's up to about four hertz, up to four cycles per second. Classically, it's like two to four, but usually about up, you know, zero to four. And delta, you can think of delta as a brainwave you, you live in. You don't think in delta. You live in it. Okay. So when you're deeply asleep and not dreaming, your cortex is washing itself in delta like it's a washing machine in the agitation mode.
1: Is that and the prefrontal cortex?
0: Everywhere, everywhere. Okay. The CSF, the cerebral spinal fluid, is pumping out. Uh, literal pressure waves of fluid to pull all the metabolic byproducts and toxins out from around your cells that have built up throughout the day mm-hmm. and to reset any weak synapses like an etch-a-sketch being shaken. So any learning that wasn't quite done gets reset. And it also helps that any learning that's almost done to be cemented. It, it makes those grooves deeper. Mm-hmm. That, the process of consolidating strong memories and wiping away weak ones. The, that learning happens in slow wave dreamless sleep so you have to be in dreamless sleep this is the stage of sleep that happens about 90 to 100 minutes in to okay. your first uh night of sleep and that happens again every hour roughly for about 10 minutes probably so that's the most critical stage for things like memory consolidation and body stuff Now, when you're awake delta is really present a lot in like the brain step and it keeps your heart and lungs and autonomic things moving and okay. other body processes You don't think in delta so if you see delta in the cortex the top of your brain it usually means essentially that part of your brain is stuck in slow mode. It's asleep. Okay. And if you see it focally, a little spot in the brain, especially if you see it with eyes, eyes open, it likely means the brain was bruised um, or injured, crushed briefly. Um, some impact or some low area of circulation or some toxin is resident in that area or you know, some mold or lime or something. And so what you have is an area of reduced metabolic activity, a sleep, sleepy area of the brain. Okay. And you can see these on brain mapping. Um, so you want to switch into Delta deeply when you're asleep and not dreaming and then out of it, mostly when you open your eyes and the next frequency up theta, which is four to seven Hertz is receptive attention. Largely. It's many things. That's uh, it's pattern matching, noticing things, having ideas bubble up. It's this receptive attention state. It's not flow state itself, but it has, um, it's, it's one of the components of flow state. Okay. And, um, If you don't have good access to a specific frequency around six and a half or seven Hertz, you have really hard time pulling memories out. Um, if most people have no problem making theta, it's a very typical state for us to go into. Most people actually probably have too much theta more than they want because, um, the more theta you have, the more air there is in the brake lines of your self control. Okay. You have a lot of theta, especially frontally, you end up with ADHD. That's the okay. most valid marker in the brain maps, actually. It's the ratio of theta to beta. Theta is like a gas pedal or an active frequency. So the ratio of theta to beta is 94% predictive of ADHD in brain maps. Truly really valid marker we have, actually. And then above theta, you have alpha frequencies running from between about uh, 7 up through about 13. There's multiple frequencies in there. There's a slow alpha, which is an idling frequency, 7 to 10 hertz or 8 to 10 hertz. And this is a rest mode, you close your eyes and the visual system, the back of the head goes into this big, slow rounded alpha wave mode around 10 Hertz, you know, just below that. And then just above 10 Hertz, 10 to 12, there's this fast alpha. And this is where flow is really happening, but it's not so much the entry of the flow, but it's the quick process of flow. You know, the component of flow that feels very lubricated and, and smooth and rapid when you're moving slow, that's, flow, that, that, that's, that's the fast alpha. And so, by itself, the fast alpha doesn't necessarily mean you know, a good or a bad thing. You know, if it's happening coupled with a theta, and I'll mention that in a moment, um, it's a good thing. But if it's happening by itself, if you have too much of this fast alpha by itself. It's kind of being stuck in a rapid state, and then you end up with pressured attention and too rapid, and your thoughts are having you. Mm. And now it's like going downhill on a mountain bike with no brakes. You don't get there faster, you know. Right. Um, you, you get there with much less control and much more, you know, injury. Uh, uh, if you, you know, can't, can't inhibit the system. So that's fast alpha. But then there's an overlapping region on the motor strip area um, called SMR, sensory motor rhythm, which is 12 to 15 Hertz to low beta frequency. And this is, this is a magical frequency in neurofeedback, SMR, sensory motor rhythm. And if you make a lot of SMR, your body's very, very relaxed. You have complete inhibitory tone, control over your thoughts. You suppress seizures perfectly. You turn on and off sleep states very, very well, and you have very, very good learning. SMR was the frequency that Barry Sturman discovered in the late 60s, suppressed seizures in cats when trained up in neurofeedback, by mistake, largely. It's the same frequency that much of the field still sort of constellates around. And if you do SMR training on the motor strip, you create what's called inhibitory tone. The circuits between the cortex and the thalamus that go back and forth and kind of gate all the input-output and control behavior and sensory systems. And there's a bunch of circuits that synapse on that input-output uh, structure called cortical thalamic and thalamic cortical circuits. And um, this gain system, NRT, particularly nucleus of the thalamus, is inhibitory only. It's like a gain circuit to only dampen mm-hmm. the input or output of behavior, thought, attention, sensory, everything. So you can train up SMR and get more gain control, i.e. inhibit, i.e. get rid of ADHD, i.e. reduce seizures, et, wow. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And reliably it works for everyone, whether or not there's a problem. This is again, fitness, not medicine. So you can find the resource target the resource Uh, that's SMR and then beta frequencies in the teens and above are where you really think. And most of your thinking is like a 12 to 18 hertz range. It starts getting busy and buzzy, little frisson, little stress moments Or 18 to 22. Usually okay. faster frequencies up in the 20s are really, really anxious. I often see 24 peaks, 28 hertz peaks, when people have a little buzz, buzzy anxiety stuff happening, but in, in certain circuits. So it's not about where, it's not about general brainwaves. You know, is that posterior cingulate threat detector, the evaluator I mentioned earlier, that'll be extra active in the beta or the high beta frequencies you know the teens or above when you're really buzzy with anxiety but you can also be really disinhibited like you can't stop thinking about things but you aren't necessarily driven Mm -hmm. now it's a theta excess on a circuit meaning no brakes instead of a beta excess on a circuit meaning too much accelerator so you can have a similar phenomenon with slightly different ways that it, it operates for you and different ways to go after it and then above 38 hertz you have gamma 38 to about 200 is gamma. Actually, gamma is probably closer to like 800 or 600. But the gamma you can measure from outside the head stops at about 38. So the vast majority of people doing consumer or even research grade EEG talking about gamma are not measuring gamma. They're measuring noise or eye movement or other things. Because EEG, as you go up in frequencies, as you go from like delta all the way up through gamma, you start off with a big giant delta wave, you know, one delta wave. Mm-hmm. It's about two seconds, and it's a big giant hump of energy, you know, maybe it's 10 microvolts, let's say, Let's give it a number. And the same gamma, 10 microvolts, let's say this gamma is a 38 or 40 hertz wave, will be you know, 40 hertz, little tiny waves, 40 little tiny waves in a second to mm-hmm. make 10 microvolts versus one delta wave, which is one big giant hump of 10 microvolts in a couple seconds. This, this is called the one over F or amplitude or frequency rule. This is what happens in reality, physics. Like as you go up in frequency, you go down in amplitude of the same energy. This is how all energy works anywhere, living and otherwise in the world. Therefore, as you go up and up in frequencies, it gets harder and harder to measure the faster brain waves because they get smaller and smaller. Okay. And they're being generated from inside the skull and scalp and the ninjas and layers of tissue. And they attenuate out and they pass through a layer of tissue, they get smaller, they get dampened. Gamma. Above about 38 hertz, which is where gamma really starts, is attenuated below the noise floor of measurement equipment as is used in almost every circumstance today. So you really can't measure gamma. Gamma is a sexy thing. Gamma, as you know, most times people use the word gamma in, in a modern context outside of a research lab. You should really lump it in the same category as if they just use the word quantum or the word detox. Okay. Or, the, you know, or, the, or the word, you know, it's, it's a charge word with very little meaning in the way it's being used. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's a buzzword that is a little woo at this point. Um, and, and so people who are using gamma and EEG, it's nonsense, honestly, um, unless you're doing a very specific resource, resource context. So just, so be very cautious buying into gamma stuff, because there's a lot of it is out there these days in, in, in marketing language, but it's, that's all it is.
1: Okay, so I'm going to leave you with this, you guys. What is... One activity that you do when you know you experience high-stressed state of mind. And what can you do to change that to get into a more flow state or alpha state of mind? If you like what you're hearing and you want to make sure you don't miss any of these tips, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. See you on the next episode.